Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast for the week ending on Friday, July 29th. Uh, we are recording this podcast, at least at the time of this recording, is uh, Thursday afternoon. So uh, my name is Ian Saunders. I'm joined here as well again uh, by Will Gibson. Will, it's good to uh, good to be back in here with you. I know we've we've been doing it virtually or some 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 other faces in here for the past uh, past few weeks, but it's 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 good to be back in here. Yeah, it is. It's good. I don't think we've been on podcast in several weeks. I I've just been rotating through other analysts on the team, so <laughs> good to be back. Yeah, it's, it's tough once we start getting back in that travel environment, which I know yeah. that you and I are diving into. It's it's hard to get people in the same room, so it's a uh, it's good to be in here at least and. Uh, Hopefully my, my dog's running around and table. Hopefully doesn't make an appearance, but uh, been a, definitely no no uh, no shortage of, shortage of things to talk about here this afternoon. Um, one thing I did want to talk about before we dive into that though is uh is we're getting up on a on a pretty important point co- coming up here heading into fall. I know we got a lot of stuff on the stuff on the horizon, kind of back to school time frame in September, right? We got some model evaluations coming up to get to next week, but. Do you know we're 42 days away from the start of the NFL season? <laughs> I did not know that's where you were going. No? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's something that's pretty exciting to me. I'm starting to be doing a lot of uh, a lot of mock drafts and, and fantasy football. Saint, Saint and, you know, it's what made me think about it. Uh, for those that are watching the YouTube video, I'm, I'm wearing a, a polo supporting my favorite team, which is the New Orleans Saints. So a lot to look forward to and probably a lot of disappointment that's going to be coming <laughs> my way later this year. Um, but do you, do you have a team that you not really. Yeah. No, I don't watch NFL football very much at all, or pro sports very seldomly. Right, well, there may be a. Hopefully, the Saints will give you something to watch this year. So they we'll, might. Yeah, we'll, we'll I'm gonna watch it with you. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I mean, heading back into the market side of things, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff on the horizon, right? I mean, we had a huge week this week, just from a news perspective, with different earnings related news, different Fed Reserve related news, different CPI related news. I mean, just every day there seems to be nothing uh, no shortage of kind of potential headwinds or tailwinds who, who knows what they're going to be coming in and the market just keeps keeps going higher at least over the past couple of days um we saw some some very strong improvement yesterday after the uh, the federal reserve came out they raised interest rates on wednesday so recording this thursday they raised interest rates by 75 basis points there were some rumblings and some fed futures were pricing in the potential for 100 basis points but it was not the case it was a 75 basis point raise and there's some interesting kind of guidance or really kind of lack of continued guidance moving forward that I think spurred a lot of that big market movement later yesterday afternoon. But that led to some some notable technical improvement on some of the major indices that we were looking at. Um, so taking a look at some of those broader ETF representatives, right? So you have the, the S&P 500 broad ETF representative from, from State, State Street there, ticker X, SPY, um, moving up, returning to a buy signal with moving over the past week or two. Um, and then with movement today is now testing that longer term bearish resistance line, that negative trend line that's been in place since May. Um, so it's gotten closer to testing that line before. We're ticking up at a current chart level, at least at the time of this recording, at around 405. Um, with that, which is right at where that where the uh, resistance line is currently in place. So if it gets to 410, you'll see a breakthrough back into a positive trend there. I mean, that, that would be a good sign for yeah. for the, the kind of core equity representative that a lot of a lot of people look toward. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think over the past week, and we'll probably end with this as well, but a lot of the bad news has been taken as good news for the equity market. So like you said, this is a good trend line test for your large cap domestic benchmark. Post that bearish resistance line, you have a notable level of resistance at 415. So should you break through and get back into positive trend, I think that's going to be an important test. We'll mention it elsewhere on our podcast today, but the June rally highs are going to be important to monitor. And some of the other broad 
domestic equity funds, you're seeing some similar behavior from, like if we pivot over to the Invesco QQQ Trust, QQQ, you're not at the bearish resistance line, but you're getting close as well. So that is also within striking distance. Before you get to that point, you are going to have a test of 310 resistance on that fund. But overall, similar picture, triple top break for the Qs, I and towards the positive trend line. So pretty positive. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see that those have the same. You're looking at the S&P, SPY, prior to today's move, I mean, down 15, 15.5%, let's say. So on a year-to-date basis, not from highs, just on a year-to-date basis, down 15.5%. Um, trading just above now, the middle of that 10-week trailing trading band, kind of on a normalized position, trying to break out of this kind of fear of consolidation we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Q's pretty similar picture, turn to a buy signal, triple top break, trying to break out of this kind of period of consolidation. But you're down almost 23% in QQQ just on a year-to-date basis, right? So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how that dynamic plays out with those uh, more growth-heavy NASDAQ mm-hmm. 100 names, um, seeing if they can get a little bit more push to the upside, which is typically kind of a good sign coming out or trying to come out of a bear market environment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Growth peeping its head up over the past couple of days, watching sectors like technology, consumer discretionary, communication services. I mean, just dogs of the year, laggards, weak areas are coming back online. And that's very typical of bear market either bear market rallies or starts with new bull markets where you get that laggard outperformance at or near the bottom. So if this turns out to be it, maybe we, we, we can point to the weeks that that started happening now. One other area coming out of kind of bear markets that you want to watch for are going to be small caps, sticking with your major market ETF representatives from iShares Russell 2000 ETF IWM. This one, I think, is maybe the more interesting one that we've looked at today so far. S&P and the Qs testing that bearish resistance line. IWM actually already broke through this bearish resistance line, so meaning it's back in a positive trend Mm. by technical point figure standards here. Has a lower fund score at the time of this recording. You're still getting a lot of drag from, from that technical score, but in terms of absolute improvement, I mean, it's down eight, 18% this year, but right, there's an absolute right. improvement, consecutive buy signal. I think this is something to watch. Yeah, that's because, I mean, all, they're all, the, all three of these fund scores are pretty low, right? Yeah. I mean, you got, it's interesting to see SPY and QQQ both have a 2.22 fund score. I mean, they're exactly the same, down mm-hmm. 100 point through trading on Wednesday. Um, we'll see how that shapes out after trading this Thursday. Both are, are up notably at the time of this recording on Thursday afternoon. Um, so IWM kind of lagging a little bit, small cast 1.98, but I mean, they're pretty close. We're, yeah. And, and the fact that we've actually, Interestingly enough, IWN is the only one with the score improvement. So it has a positive score direction, 0.51, kind of like like we're touching on there. So back in a positive trend, seeing that score improvement, I mean, that's definitely going to be an interesting area to note with small caps moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I think it I think it could be a healthy sign if you really get some market it's recovery. Definitely not a bad sign. It's definitely not a bad sign. Yeah. If if small caps were lagging and it was just those mega cap generals that were pulling ahead, probably not as favorable. But given that you're seeing the participation from small caps, and even from a performance standpoint, like you mentioned today, they're they're lagging a bit. But over the past 30 days between the queues IWM and the S&P 500, IWM is actually the middle performer. So the IWM small caps are outperforming the S&P 500 over the past 30 days by over a percent, almost a percent and a half. Hmm. And then they're lagging the queues by about 30 basis points. So, so you're seeing growth, small cap, lead the way. Yeah, growth, the small cap, lead the way, which if you're making tallies, I think that's those are two more con- like constructive tallies to add here. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and I mean, we've seen some some absolute improvement, right, on some of these. Looking at some of these just major equity market representatives, 
I mean, we've seen some some notable improvement on some of the individual stock perspective too. I mean, a, a lot of earnings coming out, a lot of bigger names supporting earnings over the past week. We had Microsoft and, and Facebook kind of reporting earlier this week. Apple's reporting after close this mm-hmm. Thursday, the, this afternoon on Thursday. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but I mean, a lot of names continue to kind of put, push up a little bit higher. And we've seen some some near term, notable near term improvement on a lot of these participation based indicators that we have yeah. too, right? Um, I mean, the one of the classic indicators that we look toward for any inventory is, is a bullish percent, um, which is simply taking a measurement of the percentage of stocks in any inventory that are trading on a buy signal, right? Um, and so when we look at that for the S&P 500, so how many names in the S&P 500 are, are on a current point and figure buy signal? I mean, participating in this kind of near-term rally that we're seeing, um, 62% right now. We, we got down to a low in June, down at, what is that, at 12%, and we're now up at 62% and low over a month. That's pretty massive improvement. We tend to see, I mean, you and I have talked about the, the bullish percent for the S&P 500, it, it, it does tend to move pretty extreme readings. That's a good, pretty hot and cold quickly, mm-hmm. right? Um, but nonetheless, that 62% level, I mean, as you were bringing up before we hopped on the, the recording here, it's higher than the level we saw in June. So it's more participation from that bullish percent, that buy signal perspective, than at least we saw in that in that June rally that, that was um, it, showing some positive signs then as well, but a little bit more push here. Yeah. I think that's important as well. Like you highlighted, you have more participation than you did now than in that June area of resistance that you eventually met on those broad equity markets. Also for small caps, you you can make the same point here. Bullish percent for the S&P small cap 600. That's also above its June highs. Not as high as the S&P 500, but it's at, it's at 46%. So mm. 46% of names are on point figure buy signals here. June, that topped out at 44%. So similar follow through, some more participation than we had the, this time. Last, last what did time. that one get down to? This one got down to 20%. Interesting. So not as extreme, perhaps, as some of the others. And you're seeing a lot of these really thrust in indicators that move more quickly because when you have more volatility, you get more column changes on charts and you can change signals more more quickly and yeah. more frequently and easier. So culminating that together, you're getting some pretty quick moves. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty important point to note is that the, the, how these indicators play out, right? I mean, we're seeing more names returning to buy signals. We're seeing some near-term improvement. I mean, that near-term improvement we talked about on the indices over the past few days, but even on just a broad index perspective, I mean, these names aren't back in positive trends yet. Mm-hmm. And we're not seeing that translate over as much on the positive trend side of things for the individual stocks too. Names are returning to buy signals. It's a good sign. You need to have things return to buy signals before they return to positive trends. And we've seen some improvement from a trend perspective looking at the PTSBX percentage of stocks in the S&P 500 that are trading in a positive trend um, has shown improvement. We got down to 22% in June. We're now at 38%. So it did reverse higher. Um, it actually reversed higher a little bit ago. I believe we touched on that on a prior pod on the mm-hmm. 19th of July was in, when that reversed up. And it's continued to tick higher. So it's up at that 38% level, not as high as we've been prior, which would be expected given the continued declines. It's going to take more work to get back to a positive trend. Um, but that's definitely another pretty important indicator to note to see how much closer that can get to that 50% level, which is kind of a line of demarcation we yeah. typically look toward. Yeah, and that's typically where you see better market environments when half the stocks or more are in mm-hmm. positive trends. So we're moving in the right direction, although we're not necessarily at the fuel position that we want to be in. We had to start from somewhere. So that's also 
a positive sign on the equity space. So a lot of indicators. I was looking this morning after a good day yesterday, good day today. There's really not a ton of other near-term indicators to look for that need to reverse up. Sure, certainly some intermediate and longer term, but on the near term, you have a lot of things pointing uh, up right yeah. now. Yeah, and I think that'll be pretty interesting to monitor. I mean, as we touched on with some of these broader index representatives, there's some, some notable overhead resistance that we see coming up from prior rally highs for the S&P, prior mm -hmm. rally highs for the Qs. Um, that to see, I mean, if these we encounter some, some difficulty to kind of break through those levels, you might see some of these near-term indicators flip down, which, as you said, I mean, the more reversals we see, the potential for more changes down the road. So um, that'll be definitely an interesting point to monitor as we approach some of these rally highs from the S&P and from other indices to see how that affects some of these kind of near-term participation indicators. Because is while we would uh, we might expect it to just go from top to bottom or from bottom to top, like we saw in uh, in late March, early April of 2020. That's that's typically not going to be the case. The seeing the kind of bounce around and then continue to move higher is, is oftentimes what we see with a lot of these kind of bottoming formations for yeah. these indicators. Yeah, yeah, very common to get some double dips, which we've already gotten this year. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. working on working on that bottoming process is is good. As as maybe we try to start trying to land the plane here. Shifting gears a little bit more economic fixed income related as it relates to the technical moves here. And really, I think that have catalyzed a lot of the equity movement like we led with the bad news over the past week has turned out to be actually good news for the equity market. Second consecutive print of negative GDP, second consecutive quarterly print of negative GDP. Some would classify that as a recession, of course, we know. The National Bureau of Economic Research will come out and retroactively consider when is a recession, et cetera, et cetera. But whatever it may be, watching the fixed income market has been cool because you've actually seen some curve steepening over the past couple of weeks where shorter, intermediate, and then longer term have held up a bit better, respectively speaking. So to put that in visual context here, 10-year yield TNX has taken out some notable support today down at 2.725%. That's testing its bullish support line right now. However, at the same time, TYX, the Treasury 30-year yield, is actually up uh, on today. And that's bouncing off of its bullish support line as well. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a bit of a, a deviation from that long-term and more intermediate term in the fixed income market. And I think that's pretty keen and been pretty responsive to some of the data that, uh, that you've seen this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely some pretty notable support that we see there for from the ten year side of things. Yeah. I mean that uh, that twenty six fifty level that we're at now, they're kind of right at the trend line. Yeah. That we see on that default chart for TNX. I mean, that's a it's a pretty notable notable um, at least support level that we can see just from a straight point and figure perspective. Um, but five consecutive sell signals there on that default chart is not yeah. a great sign for for TNX, or maybe it is a good sign as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll. <laughs> Yeah, says maybe something about the economic in environment, but maybe also may help equities a bit too, specifically some some of those growth areas that really hadn't gotten a chance to breathe this year. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, and that's kind of probably playing into some of the growth related rallies that we're talking about earlier. So we'll see if some of that can continue as we head head down through the rest of uh, the rest of July and head into August. I mean, this is the last last podcast yeah. we'll do soon. In the month of July, it feels like we were just sitting here last week saying, talking about being in the first half. Yeah, it's moving quick. It is. It's moving very quick, just like the equity market, I guess. Oh, so, uh, yeah. 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 But um, I mean, there'll be no shortage of stuff, as we just mentioned there. Last podcast we're doing here in the month of July. Uh, the beginning of August brings about a lot of 
changes potential valuations of stuff that we have mm -hmm. on the site. Um, so for those that are users of the research platform, we do have the models that are available there. Um, so the, in many of the, the monthly end models, or those are all going to be evaluated um, based upon market closed Friday, trades coming out beginning of next week on Monday. Um, those that follow the fund score method, the FSM models, those are going to be evaluated based on market close on Wednesday. So those are evaluated four times a year. It's the third evaluation for 2022. So based on market close Wednesday, any trades coming out um, there um, on Thursday morning. So a lot of stuff going on next week. I'm sure, I mean, we started every podcast, it seems like in 2022 with no shortage of stuff to yeah. talk about. And I'm sure that next week is going to be the same start. So. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe some model trades to talk about some new positions that have been taken there, indicator changes. So yeah. 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 We'll see what the next week lies in store, but as always, uh, thanks everyone for, for joining us here on the podcast for this week, for this last one here in July. I mean, just a brief shout out, we touched about it there as well. For those that are just listening, we do record these podcasts on video. Um, so not that you necessarily want to look at Will and I talking to each other across the table, but in case you do, um, those are going to be available there. And we do throw up charts and stuff of, of, of different indicators or securities that we're talking about there as well for, for you to reference. So That's right. Appreciate it, Ian. Thanks for having me on, everybody. Thanks for listening. And if we can be of any help, don't hesitate to reach out. We'll, we'll be back next week.